Today is Monday, July 31st, 2023, and we have come to the end of another month. My co-host this evening is my husband. Hi, sweetheart. Hello, honey. How are you? I'm fine. That's good. So, um, let's see. It's been like uh, three, I think it's three weeks since you've been on the podcast. What? Yeah, I know. And so people have been wondering, where is he? Like, Because they really love the interactions that we have. So um, I'd like you to tell everybody where you've been. Did you divorce me? What happened? I've been imprisoned. Imprisoned? Yes, kept in a cage with the keys thrown, tossed off somewhere. Yeah. So that you can have your, your flings with... The various octogenarians who here, live in the building. Here we go. <laughs> I've been allowed out of the cage to tell the truth. Um, I think what he's trying to say in so many words, he was on a vacation with his family to the beach in uh, Dolphin Island, Alabama for uh, 12 days, right? Yeah, so I was on a, a barrier island off the coast of Alabama. yeah. Uh, very beautiful, uh, but given all the hurricanes and the um, sea level uh, rises that are happening, the island really is disappearing. So well, you sent me that picture of the yeah. There are houses that are that in, are the, in the, the pilings are in the water. Yeah, and there were you know when I would and go there twenty years or so ago, there were beach there were beaches in front of the in front of these homes. And this is not just high tide. This is like all the time. It's it was, all the time. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, Which I think is so bizarre. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, it's, it's sad. I always enjoy going there. It's a secluded barrier island, not terribly busy. And for some reason this year, yeah. it was even less busy than usual. It's not a um, an island that's developed. There are no high rises or condos around there. No s- silly college kids getting drunk like we did. Oh my 30 gosh. years ago. Yeah. Um, uh, try 40, 40 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was just sort of a family place. But we noticed that uh, the, it, it was even more secluded. Uh, I don't know exactly why. I don't know but why. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Do you know who that is? Yes, yeah, that's Lucille Ball. Okay, continue with your um, story. So maybe it was an off weekend or folks just you know, weren't traveling that much or I don't really know. Or the, you know it's been horribly hot and whatever. Well, but Let me ask you this, though, because generally you guys usually go the same week, roughly the same week every year. Was uh, it was this, a, uh, no, this is a week earlier? Later. Oh, exactly. later. Later, oh. yes. And I know that because normally when I go there, the Wimbledon finals... Um, oh, are being right. played. Or right. the, yes. Uh, and uh, I'm normally watching the men's match as we're running out of the house to drive to the beach. And I think oh, that right. was... That Saturday, the day, the day that you guys drove over to the beach, yeah. Yeah, so I think... Um, yeah, Wimbledon, so Wimbledon was done um, by the time... So I think it's later. Um, I think I have that right. I don't know. That's but next year, it's going to be much but, earlier. You're going a it's month going earlier. to be June because I'm retired, and, and you don't have to be. Um, I don't have to go based on whenever school I want. being out. Yeah. Yes. Let, we could discuss Wimbledon for a minute. I oh, missed, I was going to su- um, suggest you. Oh, go no, you go ahead. I was going to well, say. Well, I was excited. Um, I didn't see because my parents don't get the sports package. Oh. Uh, so 
I missed the men's final. Even if they did have it, I don't even know. How, I don't even know how to. They don't even know. How, they don't even know how to use their own remote control. <laughs> I think I could have seen it on NBC, okay, now let's but re- ESPN was playing it anyway. I was so excited that uh, Carlos Alcaraz won it. Not that I'm not a Djokovic fan, but it really is time for the younger generation to, to take over. Yeah. Emerge and uh, and you know, let's face it: when you're 36, or at least I don't know, in the 80s, um, when I was actively playing um, and following the sport religiously, 36 is really uh, old. You were yes, you were you were. <laughs> You were planning your retirement or whatever, and you know, the only oldies who were still in the game were like Billie Jean King, who was 40, still in the semis, but no one really gave her a chance to win, but Djokovic was in the final. So That's right. And this has been the case for a while. You know, Federer just retired, and Nadal probably is retiring next year, and Djokovic is still going strong. He has But a, he needs to retire. No, he's really still, uh, for a 36-year-old, I'm going to get into the why I think he's still going strong, but economy of motion. There's not a lot of wasted energy with his game. He has classic, uh, um, consistent uh, ground strokes. Everyone's a ground stroker these days in tennis. But Alcaraz is just young. He takes some chances. Uh, he knows when to be aggressive. Shot selection probably could still improve, but he's got a lot going at 19 or 20 years old. There's so much going on. And probably the same sort of buzz we had about Jimmy Connors or Bjorn Borg back in the 70s. Right. So I was excited to see him win. Okay, so that was, because uh, you really do enjoy Wimbledon. So it's like that was a major thing while, right before you went on the vacation, right? Yes. So tell us just a couple things that you guys did while you were on the vacation, because I think you had one very significant well, happening. Well, my uh, family had a retirement party. For me, it's my, it was my third retirement party. Yes, but... So I think I need to go back to work and retire again. <laughs> so no. have more parties. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to, but no. I thought it was significant because I don't remember the last time that your parents, both oh, your sisters, sisters, and both their spouses... Yeah. Were, well, and you, you were, were all you together. You there. Well, but I'm never there. That's so, true. But like... You were invited, though. I know, and I appreciate that. I, um, I'm just saying, I don't remember the last time that they were your. That was literally your whole family, except for your nieces, niece and nephew. So my brother-in-law and sister have a condo on Dolphin Island. Even though I said they don't have big developments like condos, they do they live in a condo complex. It's not a high-rise, and it's from it was back like in garden the, apartment kind of style. Uh, no, it was, it was built back in the '80s and '90s. They bought it. They bought their unit from. Some uh, older woman um, who decided to go back to Michigan. I don't know, like in her eighties, whatever. I don't know, whatever. But it's not a it's not a high rise, uh, tall building, and the residents, the people who live there, are usually owners. So they're not dealing with a lot of rentals and correct college kids. Yeah, and I think you know eventually my sister and brother in law will move there as their retirement home if the island's still there. They, say that's not the best place to retire. Well, to. they got they've gotten hammered by a couple hurricanes, of serious hurricanes, yes. but anyway, so that's where we okay. We have our, just, I just want to clarify a little bit. The Dolphin Island itself is actually in the Gulf of Mexico. It's a barrier island, right? Okay, and it's fu- it's you know it's function 
geographically was when you think of hurricanes and storm surge and waves of walls of water, barrier islands sort of broke some of that water before it moved inland. But, you know, being from New Orleans, Grand Isle was a barrier island as well. But now it's, you know, to save the barrier islands because so many people are, are building homes on barrier islands. Which they probably shouldn't be doing. Or just, well, let nature take its course. I mean, there are so many reasons oh, why. And it will, global too. warming and redirecting other water streams, away, you know, replenishing, like the Louisiana Deltas, for example. Okay, anyway, uh, let's move so on. So I know that. So, I know. I don't want to bore anyone because I know, I know. I'm, bore, I'm boring you. Right. So, so the barrier if I'm bored, island someone else is, is be there, bored. and so it's still there. And so what's your, what's your question? Well, I was just going to say that, um, that all that information is wonderful, but... Um, the retirement party was a was a really nice surprise for you, right? Yes, but you were mentioning the about the barrier island early. I don't. Yes, we're moving I, on from that. So yes, well, uh, I, I it was nice. And so my <laughs> sister and brother in law had a party uh, for me at their condo. Um, at their condo, and so we had uh, oh, yeah. grilled well, oysters. We had grilled shrimp. We had grilled fish. It's all seafood. Any jambalaya? Um, no. No jambalaya. Shrimp creole. I just said we had grilled seafood. So which part of that would be jambalaya or <laughs> shrimp creole? I, mean, I don't know. I just had jambalaya today. You did. All right. Okay, so you had a wonderful party. Yes. Generally, just a nice general overall, the rest of the, your week was spent enjoying relaxation, relax, relaxing on the beach with your parents, catching up with your parents, Um. Just having a nice, a nice relaxing Getting a time. suntan, taking walks on the beach. Oh my God, he beach. is so tan. He is so um, tan. I did most of the cooking other than my retirement party. Right. Because... It was usually... Sea, we had so much seafood. I think I could swim now. <laughs> but there was so much fresh seafood. There's a fresh seafood market there. And it would be foolish not to go there. Fresh fish and crab... Well, I and also want to shrimp. say, too, that um, when you say you did all the cooking, your father is about to be 84 next month. Yes. Or, yeah, which is next month starts tomorrow, by the way. And um, your mother is uh, turned 80. Yeah. So it's probably really nice of you to do all the cooking so that they don't but have to. But it's simple stuff. I mean, cooking shrimp scampi is pretty easy. I know. My recipe is the best one. Well, what do you put in your shrimp scampi? Shrimp. And what else? Uh, some scampi. <laughs> scampi is shrimp. <laughs> okay. Well, then you know. Well, yeah. you you know because you know it's like yeah, I know it's I like know. it's like when yeah. you're telling me technology things. You know, yeah, you know, know what it is. Yeah. You, you, I don't have to tell you. Yeah, okay. All right. So you had a wonderful vacation, correct? Yes. Now, yeah. mom and I did make the crawfish bisque that Ooh. we enjoyed. We, okay. we, we need made... a little explanation about it because I. I know a little bit about the uh, uh, crawfish. Well, you don't like long-winded details. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I said I need a little thing. detail. What it's did called you... crawfish bisque. Okay, what did you have to do? You have to stuff the heads, the shells. Of, so you, crawfish are crustaceans, and uh, you peel the, 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 you get the crawfish meat out of the tails. Okay. And then you have to clear out the crawfish heads. Wait, no, let up. me just, I just want, I want to clarify oh, one thing. Right. I know, I know. Oh. It's okay. We have. We don't have any time limit. My question is, um, because I remember doing this in 2006 after yes. Katrina, 
when we went to visit your parents um, in New Orleans, because um, I think I helped uh, peel or get the meat out of the tail end of those crawfish. Yeah. Well, and it's about the size of the top of your pinky. Yeah, small. So you need you need lots of like six hundred of them. Well, I don't know how many pounds of crawfish tails. Well, how they four four or five pounds, but it's a lot. But oh. you got to grind it up, and then you've got to. You're. It's almost like you're making a meatloaf. You think of it that way. Okay. With and then you okay, have to stuff crawfish the crawfish meat. heads, and you make a. Big okay, heavy but, my, roux. but my thing is, here, I'm sorry, honey, I keep interrupting. All right, you do. My I'm thing fine. is, is that All right. you are picking that uh, meat out of the tails first. Well, we buy it already peeled. Oh, oh that, then why did you make me peel it way back in 2006? Because we wanted to see you do it. Oh, my God. All right, continue your story. All right. How, many, how, many of the craw- how much of the crawfish did you eat? None. I don't like that. Have I told the story of what happened oh after Hurricane God, Katrina? Oh, my God, yes, multiple times. How many times a mother tried to cook things for you to eat and you wouldn't eat them? Because she Even though she survived the Category 5 hurricane, you wouldn't eat anything that she ate, that she cooked? Because she put cayenne pepper on everything. Well, you're in Louisiana. What do you think you're going to get? Well, I'm not a Louisianan. Well, you were going there. Anyway... She cried and cried. Anyway, <laughs> she so, did. Now, please get back uh, to your story. After we, uh, this podcast has so already been going you, for 15 minutes, and we haven't even talked I about the stuff I want to talk about. I have to hurry the, hurry the fuck up. Because you All talk right. slow. Girl, girl, go. And we eat it. Honey, that's not, you know what I mean. Go. So then after you stuff the crawfish heads, heads yes. then you make a very heavy... Roux-based gravy. Now, that, see, here's the thing. I have to ask questions along the way, though. Okay. Because I need a little bit of clarification. I don't mind talking. I know, because I as just long need... I'm, As long as I'm not told to shut up. Honey, right? I'm not telling you to shut up. Listen, you talk about this roux. Is it a um, a white roux or a dark roux? What kind of roux is it? We need a little, just a li- That's just one area of a little bit of more detail. It wouldn't be a white roux because it would be a butter-based no, it's not a white roux. Well, I don't know these right, things. So it's a dark roux. Okay. So you would use cooking oil and flour, and more flour than oil. Okay. The roux has to stick. The recipe is my grandmother's recipe. Uh, that you know, she was born in 1919, so it's the recipe that is what we know how to do. What we know, what we're familiar with. So, and you reserve some of the crawfish tails and the you reserve some of the stuffing. And my grandmother would even have the crawfish claws. She put oh, some claws in there. Yikes. But it's stuffing the heads, and then after that, it's making the gravy, making the stirring that roux is quite. It's it's quite a long time. So you have to stir it constantly. I you think. have to yes, because okay. you want to get it almost to a smoky roux, but you don't want it to burn and no lumps. Once, no lumps. So you're constantly whisking and. Using a slotted spoon, you're constantly getting the water, I mean the water, the oil and the flour moving together, and uh, it has to be dark. And when you start getting like black specks in the root, it's burnt. Well, that's too far then, it's, right? My grandmother would say, shit, burnt root. <laughs> but she would say, mared. Oh, is it is marriage shit? She would always keep yes. She would okay. always keep a tin can next to the stove because if she burnt through, she had to start all over again. 
So it's us, and then you, you, you know, you, so you, um, I don't know, you, you make a, like a, a bisque, a, a, like a soup, a, a soup or stew, like a stew, I guess. So uh, shellfish stock, okay. uh, you boil that through, you throw in the heads, you throw in your crawfish tails. At the end, you add your, um, we call shallot tails, but... Um, the onion, the green, the green onions, but the the tails Ooh. of the green onions, uh, parsley, stir it over rice, and you've got a meal. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Is this something that's served over rice? So you're going to have you're going to be in a bowl. You're going to put some rice in the bowl, and then you serve this on top of the rice. Oh, we just had. You can't put it in a bowl, but I have it on a plate. Oh, you have it on a plate. Okay. Because you're scraping the the stuffed crawfish heads. You're scraping the meat out of that. Right. I understand that. Yeah. Okay. So when you say that the crawfish tails. Can you get meat? Okay, but I thought you already picked the meat out of the tails. Why are the tails in there? Well, so you pick the, you take the, the meat of the crawfish is in the tails. Right, but I thought you already you have to picked pick that all out. that out and then grind it like you're 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 making ground beef. You're yes, putting. Yes, I understand that. Yes, yes. All right. So so, but you said you throw that in a in a in a food process and you grind right, it up. I, you're I making know that. Ground. But I'm crawfish. talking about the actual tails. You said then we throw in the tails. So then you keep aside. You don't grind all the tails. You keep some of the tails aside, whole. And you throw them in the in the. So you eat stew. them. You eat those tails. Yes, of course you oh, do. Oh, okay. But that's it's not the... raw. You don't you don't put the shells in there. You oh, take, you take the tails out of the okay, see, out of the shell. That's how naive and stupid I am because I did not know that. I well, I was you're thinking from Louisiana. Your excuse. My grandmother would do all of that. That is true. all of that by hand. That is true. My grand my grandfather would get live crawfish. She would scald them, Ooh. boil them, peel them. <laughs> And then my mom, her sister, anyone in the house, of course, in the country, everyone, you know, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, I mean, they all lived. So it was like a three-day family project. Because well, they all lived next door to each other that. in the backyard. It was, very, it was all fresh. Everyone, you know, everyone fished or whatever. All right. But my grandmother didn't do shortcuts like we were doing. We buy the tails yeah, and the shells picked. and all that. We, we uh, The crawfish heads are already taken care of. But even um, so, even though that you're buying them down there, they're it's still, still very it's fresh. still a day. It's still a day's worth of work. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Tuesday, you came back from your vacation. I picked you up at the airport, right? Yes. Then we went to two Amy's for dinner. Yes. Then um, generally, the rest of the week was kind of nondescript. You did your workouts. I did my nothing, and um, until Saturday. Now, Saturday, we met some wine friends, Jill and Michael and... Um, Bob and Liz. Bob and Liz, two straight couples. It's, it's amazing that we're gay and we have... Well, I think all of our friends are straight yeah, couples now. Friends are straight. And it doesn't really matter. But anyway, we met them down in Charlottesville at a winery called Early Mountain Vineyards, which is actually out just right outside of Charlottesville, about 30 minutes outside of Charlottesville. And we had a really lovely time with them at that winery. We did. Um I was not the biggest fan of those wines. I mean, some were good, but generally I was not impressed. And I used to be a club member there, and I'm glad I'm still I'm not a club member there. But however, uh, Bob and Liz are club members there, so they like those wines. I thought the wines there had improved quite a bit since we. Okay, been they have improved. So. I still like. Uh, what was that one? I can't. I forget what I did with that list. That paper. Well, I don't know what. 
tasting you had, if you had Oh, oh that's I, true. I we had, had all of the I had all of the early mountain wines. You're right. We did and I two they different were all tastings. Very good. You did some sort of summer I did the summer, yes. Which had or summer explosion. No, it was this, it was called the summer tasting. It only had two of the early mountain wines, and then it had the. Um, right, so how do you know you didn't like the early mountain? Well, wines? I know that's a really right. good point because we didn't actually stay there long enough to have a glass. I didn't get a glass of. Well, no, actually, I think I did get a glass of the Cabernet Franc, but we had an appointment at another winery, um, so we couldn't. We didn't really stay. I mean, we had a charcuterie tray and bread and stuff like that, but it wasn't really enough. We. I, I don't know why, but we uh, had to leave by. Well, I know we had, because we had to get. We the, had an appointment at another yeah. winery. So, uh, so we stayed there till about one o'clock, and then we were like, "We got to get going." So, I think you bought like three bottles of wine to take with us, didn't yes. you? Yeah. Then we headed over to Blenheim Vineyards, and Blenheim Vineyards is south of Charlottesville, so it was like an hour. And this is the winery that is owned by Dave Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band, and we know the winemaker there, Kirsty Harmon. So, um, we didn't even make the reservation. Another. Uh, I think it was Liz made the reservation. No, it was Michael Dale. Michael Dale. Okay. So um, anyway, all three couples are members at Blenheim. So, you know, we had uh, the benefits of being members. So we went there and met and met there. And then we had did a tasting and the tasting took forever. That lady was so, well, I couldn't, I can't say she was slow. We kept talking and asking questions. Yes, and, we kept talking. And yeah. then the winemaker came out. Well, and then. Well, that wasn't her fault. No, that's true. Because I had sent a message through Twitter, through our wine connections. I was like, hi, Kirsty, And she um, rushed over to the winery to visit with us. And so that was like in the middle of our tasting. But it was great to see her. We had not seen her for like, I think, two years. You think? Probably. Yeah. It was good to see her and catch up with her. And, and she, uh, the um, our other friends, Bob and Liz, were extremely impressed that we know the winemaker and she stayed around and chatted with us. And and I was thinking, this poor lady, she doesn't really need to do this, but that's awfully nice of her to, you know, give us her time. So we had a great time at Blenheim. I ended up buying half a case of wine to bring home, um, even though I'm a club member and I get the shipments shipped to me, but... Um, I, I really, I mostly, well, no, I bought three whites and three reds. So I got, you know, even, but you know what I forgot to buy? What? The rosé. You, oh, you requested the rosé and I totally forgot to get the rosé. So we were in Charlottesville pretty much all day. Now the, uh, the couple, the other couples that we were with, they had plans to go to another winery, but they had to cancel those plans because we were, so, well, we spent too much time at Blenheim and I think we left there. What time did we leave there? They were open till seven. I think we must have left between five thirty and six. No, I think it was a bit earlier. A little bit earlier than that. that. Well, well, we, we should get... be. Well, we should be glad. I know that, that we, we stayed were detained a little longer there. Yes, because when we got home, we discovered. Well, actually, on the way home, we discovered. Well, the equivalent of a category one hurricane. Yeah. had swept through the city. Oh my God! It was horrible. It was just—it was unbelievable. We didn't know this was going on. So on the way home, like um, we took—we take you know um, the main road coming from the west into the Beltway, which is the Beltway goes around the city. The Beltway took us to um, Clara Barton Parkway, and as soon as we got off the Beltway onto Clara Barton Parkway, there was a 
Trees were down. A tree down, and, and like the left lane closed. was blocked. You couldn't get through this. So we were like, oh, my God, why is that tree down? I mean, we didn't think too much of it, I don't think. Then we get closer to the city, and they had the road blocked. Like, you can only go, you could only go east. You couldn't go west on Canal Road. And then we drive up uh, to Arizona, and Arizona brings us to... Um, uh, what's the name of that street? Lobau? Lothborough. Lothborough. And at the top of the street, trees, huge, huge trees down. So we couldn't go that way. So then we had to like, I said, oh, I think we can go this way around. And I take that way. And there's trees down that way blocking the road. And then we have to come back and go down to MacArthur Boulevard and went on to W Street and up to um, Fox Hall. And that street was blocked. There was trees down at Garfield. But I said, I'm tired of this. We've hit now three different blocked ways to get to our house. And I said, I'm driving under this caution tape. So we drove under the caution tape, <laughs> which I know I shouldn't have done, but it was. Oh, I could tell oh. that it was clear. We get down to another street. It's blocked. So then we go down to the next street, and that's open. And that's the street that um, we can get to our house on. So we get we get up to our house and we pull into the driveway, and there's a big caution tape across the um, garage entrance, and because a tree, a tree was down, literally blocking the entire garage entrance, so we couldn't get in there. And I'm like, what what are we gonna do? Where am I gonna park my car? So we ended up having to park the car like a block away from the house, where there was an opening, and that street was relatively clear. I think there was only one branch down, you know, towards the end. So I parked my car there and I said, whenever they clear off this, clear the garage uh, debris, then I will, um, you know, put my car in the garage. So then, well, now did we walk around a little bit first or did we go? No, we, we came back home. I wanted to see if we had a, a tree through our living room. Oh, that's true because we have these big trees right in front of our, we couldn't get into the parking lot of the building. Right. And we, so, but nothing was, uh, we didn't have any damage or anything, right? No, we didn't, but there was a, a tree down across over the garage door. Right. That's what I was just describing. Yeah, so. And in the street that's in front of our house, well, actually more like half a block down, uh-huh. there was a big tree blocking the road there. Yeah. Anyway, it looked like, you know, from New Orleans. So it's what category one. Hurricane damage. I didn't know. We didn't know what happened. No, we I actually said had it, no clue. I said it looked like a, a Category One hurricane passed through. Like this is what I'm used to seeing in New Orleans um, in the summertime when a when a, a when a hurricane goes through. through. Yeah. So, well, one thing I will say that when we came into our condo, I think we were shocked that we had power. We did have power. Yes. But the internet has but, been well, out. Well, the power lines were down in the area, and and some of the lines had caught fire and, and burned through the gra- the asphalt on yes. the road. Yes, oh, you showed pictures of Well, you but, showed me um, pictures Coming to find out, the next day we found out, we actually had 84-mile-an-hour winds in our neighborhood. Yeah. And it happened, it all happened in 15 minutes. Right, and it was this weird, uh, what did they call it, down, down, down drive? A downburst, or a down mi- microburst or macroburst of winds. So that took all these trees had, down. That much. Uh, some places in Alexandria had 93 miles per hour. So it was, yes, yeah, it had like a very fast moving, I mean, 
when, whenever you hear on the news, oh, it's just a Category 1 or just a Category 2 storm, Listen. Well, that's actually a lot of wind. Yes, that's a, so, that's a strong um, storm. Don't be, don't be fooled by that. Yeah, so yeah. it's a lot of wind. So we were just lucky it just came and went. If that had been all afternoon, we would have had trees a lot down, damage, windows yeah. exploded, uh, you know, because we but we're even, not used to this. But even at that, even this was not a hurricane, this was destroyed. not a tornado, I could not believe the amount of damage in our neighborhood. Like, we've been without internet for <gasps> I know, stop it, for more than 48 hours. So um, we're recording this on Monday evening. So whenever this is being posted, it's not recorded on the same day. It feels like the 1980s. Well, here's the thing. Every road that we walked, well, okay, I shouldn't say it. So this morning, excuse me, I got back to my walking this morning. You know, I took a couple days off because I had finished my July challenge. And so I got back to my walking this morning, and I only did 2.8, 2.08 miles. But um, the whole time I was walking, it was damage after damage. After, like in our neighborhood, we're, we're, we live in a very old neighborhood. Like a lot of these houses were built in the 30s and 40s, 1930s and 40s, I say. And um, they're beautiful houses and all, but the trees, the you know the the foliage and all this stuff are these trees are very old and very tall. Every street I walked on this morning, there was a tree down. And I don't know if you have the same power company, but we have Pepco here. On every street, there was a Pepco truck trying to deal with downed wires. So then we come to well, at least I I came to find out because I did some. Um, with just with the phone, with the cellular connection, which is spotty. I don't know about you, but mine has been spotty. It goes from 5G to LTE, and then I have to wait for things to load. But anyway, um, from doing Twitter with our, our internet service, it, I find out that it's actually tied to the power lines. So if there's a power line down, then there's an internet cable down. So we have to wait until the power lines are repaired before we're going to get our cable back right yeah so i'm it's as i said it's been 48 hours and i am dying without the internet now is there anything else you want to say about the horrible storm and the trees down and, and all of that i'm reading a book i'm sorry you're what i'm reading a book oh you're reading a book. i'll go it's because i'm reading magazines on your phone though i'm right? going outside or no, I'm reading on my Kindle. I already downloaded some books. Oh, before I do the get storm. magazines. I still get ma- hard copy magazines. Oh, right, right. And right. I sit there and I read. And I made jambalaya yesterday. You did. And I'm making fresh chicken salad tomorrow. I'm just finding other things to do. Well, that I, have nothing to do with the internet. I'm. I know, and obviously, you know how much I rely on the internet for my entertainment. So, All right, so what did you do in 1985 for entertainment? How did you entertain yourself? Well, other than masturbating. That's true, and I used to do that a lot, um, but not as much anymore. <laughs> well, once or twice a week. Anyway, um, so in 1985, we had gotten cable in like 1981 because I remember seeing the first day of MTV. I think it was in 81. Before the internet, we all had cable. Right, so I watched a lot of TV. The internet. I watched a lot of TV. But there's only so much TV you can watch. Honey, when we got cable, 
we had more channels than we could. I know that, but I know, well, and the thing anyway, is, it was only like sixty channels. But it I was played more tennis. Than I went four. running. I, I mean, I, I yes, but, that was they were they they gave you more options. True, but I but I, at some point you just got tired of watching television. I know. And so okay. I didn't do something. So my other uh, uh, things that I liked to do back then was um, bowling and racquetball. Mm. So do you want to bowl? I love bowling. Yes. <gasps> Oh, we should wear um, you matching ne- bowling you outfits. You do not like bowling. I have tried for 18 years to, oh, get to go you've bowling. You've never asked me to go bowling. Honey, you have I- never once asked me to go bowling. Okay, well, we're going to do that then. Yes, let's go so, bowling. I I'm, bowled in grade school. I was on the bowling league in high school. I'm sure you were. Let's go bowling. And I took it as a class in college. Anyway. Pinky, me, uh, Pinky Tuscadero. <laughs> oh, my God. That's from Happy Days. With, yes. Uh, we'll just okay. call you Pinky all right, can I get back to my story? Yeah. So without the internet, I need entertainment, obviously. I can, you can only nap for so many hours, right? At least three. And usually generally three hours I can yeah. nap for. Not kidding. I know, because I did it today for like two and a half. And yesterday and the day before, but yeah, that's true. Not the day before, because we were in Charlottesville oh, the day true. before. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I have a connected to my computer an uh, external SSD that has all of my video files. And when I say videos, I mean movies that I have put on the Plex Media server. But I can't pull up the Plex Media server because it relies on the network and the network is down. However, I have a backup of every single movie on the SSD external drive. So, you know, because I have multiple, I, I like to have multiple backups. So, like, I, you know, I don't want anything to lose anything. So, I said the other day, uh, uh, what day was it? No, it was, hello, today's Monday, so it had to be yesterday. Sunday, I said, oh, I can, I can watch movies, uh, you know, just from the um, backup uh, files. So, um, I watched, well, since, since yesterday, I've watched four movies. One was Cocaine Bear. Which are you familiar with that one? I've heard of it. I don't think I've watched it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I need to keep it. I could probably delete that one. But then I watched Doubt. Do you remember Doubt with Meryl Streep? Oh and, yeah, and uh, Amy one. Adams yeah. and um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, who has passed away? That's a good movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. Oh my god, because the word doubt isn't used until the very last yes. scene. Love that movie. Then um, last night I started, but today I had to finish the movie Falling in Love. Now, I know you and I discussed this at dinner, but I want to tell the listeners just a little bit here. So Falling in Love. Make it short. What? Make it short. Oh, shit. I know, because we've already been talking for 34 minutes. Um, So Falling in Love is a movie that was made in 1983, but released in 1984. And then what happened? And it stars... Meryl Streep and uh, Robert De Niro. Tell me more. I'm going to tell you more. Um, it cost $12 million to make the movie. And how did it end? But in the box office, it only did $11.1 million. So and then what happened? It was a bomb for Meryl Streep and <gasps> Robert De Niro. But I, as I was telling you at dinner, honey, I don't know why. It's a beautiful love story. Um Meryl Streep was 34 when she made the movie, and Robert De Niro was 39. Um, I thought she she was beautiful. Robert De Niro, I really never really thought he was all that great looking, but 
The movie, it, like the story, I think the story is a beautiful love story. Um, and it ends like a beautiful love story. But I, don't, I just don't know why it has such a poor rating. Like on, I think it's got like 54, 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. And well, because something on some level just didn't work. I don't know. I know, but why did it work for me? I thought it because was because you liked it. That's all that. That's all that's important. But why didn't other people like it? I don't know because they're not as smart as you are. Well, I, I'm not saying that I'm smart about movies, but I just I thought the um, the music, which was done by Dave Grusin, who's a very famous uh, uh, composer slash um, conductor of music for lots of movies. Um, I, I, the music was beautiful, and I and I listen. Actually, sometimes Big Fatty plays some of the music on his podcast oh. from that movie. Um, so I don't know. I, I just I really love that movie, and I've watched it probably. I, I can't say a million times, but I've watched it probably you know twenty times over the years. Pardon me, I had to take a little sip of the Chardonnay. So, okay, that was, so it was Cocaine Bear, Doubt, Falling in Love. And then the last one I just finished before we did this podcast was called Girl with the Pearl Earring. Now, that is from 2003, and it stars Scarlett Johansson and Colin Firth. Colin, Colin Firth oh, is... We saw that one, though. Oh, we have seen yeah, it, yes. Okay. But I saw it again. I was like, now I know why I love this movie. Um, Colin Firth plays the artist Vermeer, in Delt, Holland, and um, Scarlett Johansson plays Gert, who is like a housemaid, and he ends up painting a picture of her wearing his wife's pearl earring. I mean, that's like in a really tight uh, retelling of the story, but um, the um, Vermeer, Colin Firth. His character recognizes that Gert has an eye for art and has an eye for um, understanding, like perspective and um, the scene that he's painting, and he and she really understands that. And so he tries to develop that. Well, of course, his wife and his wife's mother get very jealous, but the wife's mother understands that his paintings bring money to the family, so she kind of lets it go that he's taken a liking to this girl. But then in the end, the wife gets so upset that she used her, that, that he used her pearls and let this girl wear her pearls that, that she gets rid of the girl. She has to leave the house. Um, oh, you're, but you're forgetting an important part of that. What that, is that? With that model. She was just a domestic servant. Yeah, I said that. She was right, a maid in the she, house. But the fact, what made it scandalous was that uh, she was made to bite her lips so it looked sexy or seductive. And that the exposure true, yes. of the ear with the earring yes. made her look like a seductress. Correct. Um, Even though her hair was covered, her head was covered, but you're it right. It didn't matter. The look it on her face, the releasing her lips, of the lobes. The, you know, to for see that the, period. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, Vermeer was, I guess, you know, middle class. Artist doing relatively well for himself, but the the piece itself. I mean, most most of that story is fictional. Of course, but, yes. Um, the 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 matter, the subject matter itself, and how it was presented for that time period. And we have to recall uh, that 
or I can I will recall that at that time in, in Holland, uh, the um, political and social atmosphere was not as roiled in the uh, the the you know the the Catholic. Uh, you know the gaudy baroque presentations of saints and True, all. True, but this. they did make it seem like it was in a, a very conservative environment. Well, they yes, by those she, standards, though it was uh, against the norm to present uh, a common house girl, right? In, in that a, way, correct. As um, a, as and a, um, uh, so that that's the story behind it, but. The movie was created wondering what must have, what might have happened, what might have happened to produce that work, uh, because Vermeer himself, um, I don't know if he ended up. Oh, he died penniless died because poor he, and all of that. I mean, he wasn't discovered really. Until most much of the later. artists, if you were Italian and you were patronized by the families of Italy, like the Da Vinci's, you did rather well. Most of the artists did not. Um, However, so. this guy did have his, um, the guy who was paying patrons. For his, it, yeah, patrons. patrons. It was basically one guy. But this one guy was kind of in, he, he wanted to have sex with the maid. And he at one point tries to rape her. But um, that's why he paid for the painting, because he loved the painting of her with the pearl ear. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Too many details about well, that was in the movie so. uh, Vermeer, but most of those artists um, died in similar circumstances. You really had to put yourself, you had to be almost entrepreneurial and kind of know where the political winds are blowing, just stay in the good graces of, of families who are battling each other. You were patronized by wealthy families who were, in some way or uh, form, doing some sort of economic or political battle when you were in or out as quickly as, well, it's as true. conditions changed. So he was one of those artists that's kind of swept up in the, that kind of storm. The, and the way you described that, you know who was the advocate for him and for his artwork was his wife's mother because she was not a wealthy woman and she knew that his paintings are what brought money to the household. So she would... Um, uh, Try to sell these paintings to the to the benefact to the guy who was like um, paying the patron, for, yeah, the patron, yeah. and she, they would have him over for dinner, be a fancy dinner. They would spend like all the money that they had over these dinners to woo this guy, and then the the mother, well, the the wife's mother, would suggest new paintings for him to uh, patronize for the artist, and the idea of the girl with the pearl earring did not come from him but once he saw it he was enamored and that's when he wanted to try to rape her oh again that's according to the movie correct this is I not honestly right. this don't is, know anything about the factual details i agree i'm not saying that these are it, facts this uh, is I'm strictly the to, movie i'm just going to guess on my on what i know is a european history teachers you know that she was a domestic servant who attracted the attention of the artist Painted her in that in that in that way, and uh, that piece of art sold rather handsomely. And then after a yeah. while, some other artist came along, or the patron moved on, or died, or had some bills behind and couldn't afford. Well, that's really what happened. More to art, him. and that's that's how that's what happened. That is what he happened. couldn't afford his paint anymore, and 
the um, his wife's mother died, so there was nobody to solicit these rich yeah, people. It was not an easy life, right? So I mean, he ended up penniless. But I mean, it's, it's no big deal because his I shouldn't say that it was a big deal for him, but his artwork was discovered, and there's only like truly like 33 paintings by Vermeer that are known and public and, you know, in anyway. Okay. So the whole point of this whole discussion was to say that even though we don't have internet connection, I have been able to entertain myself by watching these videos that I have saved on the SSD external drive of all the movies I have. So as long as we're out of internet, I will be watching movies. Well, I'll be reading my book. And you will, but I swear to God, if that cooking fucking, up some food, if that internet doesn't come back soon, I'm going to die. You will not die. You will survive. There is so much. I'm, un- I'm, I'm enjoying I, it. Actually. Well, here's the thing, though. Remember, it's a nice break. I know, but here's the thing: our internet is what brings our cable TV into the house too. So we don't have any cable TV. I can't watch. <gasps> Listen, Mary. I can't watch the news. I have no idea what's going on. I actually wanted to watch the news. Saturday evening at the six o'clock news because this this storm happened at well actually we weren't home yet <laughs> we didn't get home until like eight o'clock where did we go that night after we got home we went to Chef Jeff's there we go and as you know Chef Jeff's is the restaurant that's owned by Nora O'Donnell's husband did you know that no I didn't. Thank you for uh, playing that music. Now that gave me a very big clue, and a big heart on. I can see in your pants. Oh yeah. But now also, um, yeah, that yeah. night, play that Nora O'Donnell theme song. We sat yeah. at the bar oh, because more. one oh, of yeah. stop louder. One of our louder, fav- harder. Warren, I mean, honey, yeah. one of our favorite waitresses was working the bar, so we we sat at the bar and had our meal. But here's the thing, um, we didn't get there till like eight thirty that night. And I said to the, not the owner, the um, manager, Chris, I said, what time do you guys close? He said, 10 o'clock. And I was like, oh, we got plenty of time. Well, guess who closed down the restaurant at 10 o'clock? We did. Well, we did, but so did other people. No, no. I mean, we're- I no looked. One, there was all... nobody else in that restaurant. We were the only ones. They were putting the chairs was, up on no, the tables. <laughs> there we, were other couples at the bar. Um, oh, that's true. Maybe one or two, but- Well, folks eating outside had to come indoors- the waiters and waitresses were trying to figure out how to go back home. Yeah. Because the roads were closed. Oh, that's true. We were giving them information and they were like, oh my God, how am I going to get so home? So I think we were okay. I think I was, I remember we, we were, were back time, by uh, 9.30 or so or 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. We were, we were, we were home by we were, 10. Uh, we it was like good. a couple minutes before 10. Um, so anyway, we had a lovely weekend, but now we're just waiting for our internet and cable to come back. So, again, I don't know when you're going to hear this because we're recording this on Monday evening, so we'll see. Well, next up is Hurricane Archetta. Uh, how about hur- Hurricane? Category 5 winds blowing through this area. Now, I, I should say, you know, we really need to wrap this up because it's almost been an hour, but I wanted to... Notice when I have something to say, we have to wrap it up. <laughs> Hurricane I, Archetta. I wanted to tell you that... Look um, at your weather maps. I 289 a, miles an hour. <laughs> I have a fan, a box fan, and the name on the fan is Hurricane. Yes, and it has so, five speeds. No, it has, and guess it which has speed it's blowing in this house? Five, three, category on five. Three. So I 
Because, you know, we've been I've having... I've got a robe on in 99 degree weather because uh, it's so fucking cold in this house. It is not. What because the fuck are you talking about? Cheddar is blowing gentle breezes of 300 miles an hour. I will say that yesterday and today, the temperatures have been pretty good. That's true. The humidity has been down to fit like 55%, 53%, and the temperature's been like 68, 69, 70. Well, the bedroom was 72 at one point, but um, very comfortable temperatures. We can handle it. But we know that it's still not fixed. And because the outside temperature today, I think the highest, it was like 85. So, I mean, yeah. you know, we can deal with it. Anyway, honey, we've got to wrap this up. I am looking for my parka and snow boots. I can tell you where they are. I know where they are. So anyway, listen, thank you for joining me on this episode of Archer Radio. You're welcome, dear. I appreciate it so much. And everyone loves listening to you. Now, speaking of that, there was all these comments on our last episode. Um, Kathy Bacon, I think Harley um, left a comment. Stop. It's Rose. No, not Rose. We don't like Rose. It's Betsy. Listen, Mary. It's Edith. Who the fuck is Edith? It's Doris. Listen, I don't know who he's talking it's about. All these old ladies. There is nobody named Edith they were or born Doris. Born in 1922. Oh my god! I'm gonna shut down his it's microphone. It's Eula. Oh my god! The whole. Oh my god! The here, assisted living facility. Here goes the his nursing microphone. home. Oh my god! It's the old ladies. Help! Help! <laughs> you can only hear that through my microphone. Listen, honey, we've got to wrap this up. Anyway, all the people who left comments on Twitter. Kathy Bacon, Harley, uh, I think there's a couple more. I will get to you, I promise, as soon as the internet comes up. I will reply to your messages. So that is all we have for today. Bye. Wait, until next time. Bye. Bye. This show is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out more great shows at pride48.com.